Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you. As a people, we declare that you are all that we need. We yield and align ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. We ask that you take the will. We give you all the glory, Father. Lord, even as your word comes forth, we ask that you release your power upon us. Let it be all of you and none of me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Why don't you welcome someone to church this afternoon? Just say you are welcome to church. You look good today. You guys are all looking good with your face mask. Looking very handsome and beautiful. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I pray that the God of heaven will touch each and every one of us today in Jesus' name. You know, it's my first time wearing this face shield. I don't know if you are meant to be looking the way you look. The way you guys are looking to me, you are looking like double. <laughs> I'll try my best, you know. The mist is well. This thing has to end, you know. You know, the thing is we've tolerated it for too long. You know, yesterday I came to the point where I said, God, okay, it's okay now. Like, because no, some people benefited from the virus. People, I've heard a lot of people saying they like working from home. They like this. But you guys, let's get back to normal. You know, don't worry, you still work from home. But let there be no coronavirus. We can't keep wearing this. It's not convenient, you know. God will help us in the name of Jesus. You know, and I pray for those that have been afflicted by the virus, that God of heaven will heal them. For those that have lost loved ones, I pray that the balm of Gilead will suit the pain in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, we are going to be talking about believe today. Believe, believe, believe. I wanted to ask your neighbor, do you believe? Exactly. <laughs> do you believe in Jesus? Ask your neighbor, do you believe in Jesus? What's their response? Now, whatever response you get from them, ask them, how do you know you believe in Jesus? You have what? There's a knowing. You know, the thing about Christianity is we have all these big, big words for you. There's a knowing. What is the meaning of knowing? <laughs> you know, there's something people tell you. And I remember back in the day, people go to church, they come back, they don't listen in church. And they come back and they say, what did the pastor teach about? And they say it was powerful. <laughs> it was explosive. And you're like, what did he speak about? Man, my life was changed. <laughs> and you say, what was the topic? I, my life, in fact, my life is transformed. That's okay, just tell, just tell us one thing. They don't say, really, I wasn't listening. <laughs> so I want you to listen. Hallelujah, and you'll be blessed in the name of Jesus. The word of God today is believe. God is telling us today, believe. Now, what is another name used to describe Christians? Believers. Have you ever wondered why the word believers is used to describe Christians? You know, a lot of us, you know, especially those from back home, like, you may not understand why people call you, actually, are you a believer? You know, we are used to calling ourselves, oh, Christians and all that. Do you know why people ask you that? Do you know there are Christians that are not believers? I remember um, when we were going to get um, the last, our last um, church, um, church space, 
and a lady, you know, the realtor took us around. And, you know, when she heard it was for his church, she just noticed she was a bit uncomfortable. She wanted to ask us some questions, but she was struggling, you know. And after a while, she just said, you know what, I might as well just ask you. Um, so I know you are a church, but what kind of church? <laughs> and in my mind, because I was, I've not been in Canada so long. So in my mind, I'm like, church is church. And I said, a church, a church. She said, yeah, what kind of church? I said, well, Bible-believing church. She said, so you are believers? I said, yeah. She said, whoa, I'm also a believer. So I struggled with that. I said, what do you mean by what kind of church? And why are you defining, why, why do you say believers? Like, are they different? But not all Christians are believers. So ask your neighbor again, are you a believer? Hallelujah. So let's, let's go to the scriptures quickly. You know, the Bible says in the book, this thing is getting mystic. God help me. I need someone to read for me. Do you have a mic? Ah, help me get a mic. You're going to be reading the scriptures for me. Just hold it with you. Ma- Matthew chapter 13 from verse 54 to 58. Matthew, Matthew 13, 54 to 58. Help us read quickly. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. This is Jesus. Yeah. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Hallelujah. And so he did only a few miracles there because of what? Their unbelief. I heard someone ask, Judas, was Judas, Judas one of Jesus' brothers? That's why the Bible always puts the son name of the people. Judas is Judas Iscariot. The other Judas is, you know, so it's not Judas Iscariot. Ah, it can't be. It can't even be from Jesus' family. No. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, this is Jesus that is the son of God. This is Jesus that the Bible says went about doing good. This is Jesus that every encounter he had with people that were sick, they always left healed. They always left transformed. And he went to his hometown. And he couldn't do much. He did a few miracles. Why couldn't he do much? Unbelief. You know, for those of us that were here last week and watched the message, there's something Pastor Femi said. He said, a lot of us believe that Jesus, that God does miracles. But you don't believe God can do your miracle. You believe God can heal the sick. But you don't believe he can heal your sick. You believe God can deliver you, but you don't believe he can deliver you. So my question to you today is, do you really believe? Have you really surrendered everything to God? There's this story told I heard many years ago, very popular story, of someone that was standing by the wayside with a luggage on the head, and they were looking for a ride, waiting for a ride, and a car pulled up. And, you know, the driver said, oh, come in, I can give you a lift. And this driver had a very big trunk, huge trunk. And this person just entered the ride and kept the luggage on the head inside the car, inside the truck. And the driver was like, why don't you drop it in the 
strong. And the person said, no, 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 have you, have you done enough by taking me? Let me just keep this on my head. You know that's how a lot of us believers do. You give your life to Christ. You say, well, it's enough. I've given my life to Jesus. I'm not a child of God. Jesus has paid the price. That's enough. But you still carry your burdens. Jesus is saying, drop it. You know, there's this thing we normally say. Jesus is either the Lord of all or the Lord of none. You need to stop compartmentalizing Jesus. Stop putting Jesus in compartments. You say, this part of my life I can handle. This other part, Jesus. For a lot of us, Sunday is the only time we relate with Jesus. Jesus is saying, that has to stop. Do you believe? What does it mean to believe? That's the question. What does it mean to believe? Let me ask you a question. How many of you came to the church today and before you sat on your chair, you did this? Why? So why didn't you do that? That should be the question. Why didn't you do that? You trust that the chair can carry you, right? So you came to church and you just sat. But what if it wasn't coupled well? (laughs) And may God help us. I remember a church that I was back in the day that they had very light plastic chairs. So when people that weigh above 70 kg sit on them, they fall down. So once these people that weigh above 70 kg, we double the chairs for them. So they don't fall. But the thing is, so you come to church, you trust that this chair will carry you, then you sit on it. But is that what we do with Jesus? A lot of, you know, for believers, we have alternatives. And that's where the challenge comes in. You've said, okay, you know what? God, I know these are the things you can do. I know you've done these things in the past, but now a lot of things have been changed by science, innovation. They have names now. Everything has a name. How many of us are aware that everything has a name? So the things that you have taken in prayer has a name and it has a drug. There will soon be drug to make people start smiling. There is. There's a drug like that. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> there is laughing glass. Yeah, there is. But I'm just saying, can you imagine? I mean, there are there are names. Things that you should take to Jesus. You feel you cannot do it on your own. Some of us have become unlicensed pharmacists. Myself and my wife are still joking about my mother-in-law. The way she diagnoses sicknesses. Oh, your leg is looking pale. You must have malaria. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not seeing this kind of thing. Oh, your eyes are looking red. You must have typhoid. I'm like, you can't be that. Are you a pharmacist? <laughs> Did you go to school to learn it? How am I this feeling? And the problem is YouTube, Google is not helping matters. I've stopped. I mean, in the past, when, when I did something wrong, I was like, this Google may have information, but it never gives you good news. It will give you the worst. You have something, very little problem. Google will say this is the terminal sickness. <laughs> Some people have died earlier than their time. Some people have retired. You don't have a problem. The only thing is you eat, you go and eat Angus burger from McDonald's, and you now take milkshake. Your stomach can be okay. So you have a constipation from what you ate. Then you believe, oh, I'm, oh God. You're not going to check. They're not saying if your stomach is feeling one way, you may likely have cancer of the bowel. That is a lie. So, you've, so guess what happens? You become sick. You start becoming sick. Sick yourself. Mentally, all the same. I mean, may God help us in the name of Jesus. Quickly, 
Quickly, quickly, I just want to give us some points about believing. You know, as children of God, we need to answer this question. Do I believe? Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 9 from verse 27 to 31. Matthew 9, 27 to 31. And please help me quickly. Matthew 9 is a story that I want you to pay attention to. An encounter Jesus had with two blind men. Okay. As Jesus left the house, two blind men fo began following him, shouting out over and over, Son of David, show us mercy and heal us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? They replied, Yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. And instantly their eyes opened. They could see. Then Jesus warned them sternly, make sure that you tell no one what just happened. But unable to contain themselves, they went out and spread the news everywhere. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will do something that will make you unable to contain yourself. You know, our sister that came to testify, you saw, her, you know, you saw the way she was, that's inability to contain yourself. There are things God does in your life that you can't just keep it. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will believe. See what Jesus like, said, do you believe that I have the power? That's the question Jesus is asking us today. Do you believe that Jesus has the power to heal your sickness? Do you believe that Jesus has the power to solve that situation? Do you believe that Jesus has the power to help you in that legal battle? You know, a lot of times we take Jesus out of the system. But Jesus can take, he, he, he can intervene in systems. How many of you remember like a year or two years ago, a word of knowledge came from the state where we were ministering. And God said, there is someone here that you have been falsely accused that this week you are going to be delivered. That was a Sunday. On a Wednesday, I got a call. But he said, Pastor, God has done it. God has done it. I said, what happened? He said, he, he had an accident a few months before. He was driving a truck. He had an accident which wasn't really his fault because it was snow and all that. A policeman came to the scene and, you know, took all the information down. And next thing he knew was he got a letter and they, they said they were going to charge him for destruction of public property and reckless driving and all that. But that was not the issue. Like, so he was shot and all that. To cut the long story short, they fixed the date for the sitting. Now, the date for the sitting was the Wednesday. The word came on, on a Sunday. He went for the sitting on a Wednesday. He got to the courtroom. Apparently, the guy, it was another police guy that booked that thing down, that put the charge against him. That policeman that put the charge against him, for some reason, was occupied on the day of the hearing. So he sent his colleague, that's the, the first responder that did, the real guy, to go for that case. Now, when they got to the courtroom, the guy got in and was like, Sir, this guy said, why is there a case? I was the one that responded that day. This guy didn't do anything wrong. Why are we having a case here? And they said, you know what, case dismissed. So what are your legal battles? God can intervene. The question today is, do you believe? Now you fill in the gap. Do you believe that God can give you a good job? Do you believe that God can make the provision of the finances? <laughs> do you believe that God can intervene in the bank system? You need money to do something. And you have been going to your bank, your bank has been saying no. It has happened to me. 
and you need money at a particular time, and that same bank, without anything, they offer you money. Without asking. And they offer you five times what you were begging for initially. Jesus is saying, do you believe that I can take care of you? So do you know why we don't put God as priority in our lives? Because we don't believe him. If you believe God, then you will seek first the kingdom of God. You will put God as your principal. If you ask me today, that pastor, what's the secret? How your business, all that? It is God. See, the only secret is I put God first. I put God first in everything I do. I mean, I can leave anything for God. A lot of you know I like traveling a lot. When last did I travel? Don't say it's Corona. <laughs> I'm never able to. Tra- I like traveling. If I don't have one of the struggles when I was going to go into ministry, I said, God, so I have to give it up. Because I don't like traveling just three, four days. I like to do like two weeks, three weeks. I knew that when God was calling me to ministry, you know, this, for some of you may not understand, but if you are a traveler, <laughs> you will understand what I'm saying. So I said, so, so I have to give this up? I said, you know what? It's not worth it. I give it up. There is nothing I'm not willing to let go of when it comes to God. So God is primary. Every other thing is secondary. You know, back to the point I made, Jesus is more than gold. A lot of times, you are chasing after the money. You are chasing after the success. And you leave the person that has the power to provide it to you. And guess the funny thing? You are not even willing to do the things the evil people can do. Because you are a child of God. Are you ready to cause people pain? Are you ready to kill for money? Question. Uh-huh. <laughs> but those people that are not in Christ are ready to kill for money. So you are not ready to give yourself to Jesus to help you. You are just in the middle. It doesn't work that way. Jesus is saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Your goal should be pleasing God. Business is not your goal. Career should not be your goal. Listen to me. If you make any of those things your goal and they take the place of God, you will come back to regret it. Take my word. If you make your life, your progress, your, 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 your personality your goal, listen to me. It may be looking good now. But I can tell you, you're a child of God, right? Keep going that way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but at the end is destruction. What is the use of success when you don't have peace of mind? What is the use of, what do you, what do you term making it? I want to make it, I want to be successful without Jesus. What is the use of having success and you can't sleep at night? What is the use of having success and everyone is after your life? What is the use of having success and... You're afraid of litigation. I've seen people that they've been blessed, they've, they've, they've exploded in wealth and all that, but one litigation brings them down. God gives you a business idea, you start the business, everything is looking good. Maybe you start a factory, you start a school, God forbid, but and something goes wrong and they sue you for your life's worth. God is saying, seek you first, the kingdom of God. He's saying, I have the power. The reason why we don't seek first the kingdom of God is we do not believe. Truth be told, we just, a lot of us look at God, you just, let's stop being religious. Christianity is not religion. It's a relationship. God is saying, I want to be your friend. The Bible says in the book of Revelation 3, 20, it says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. What does he want to do? Let's dine together. What does that mean? It means Jesus wants to be a part of your life. 
Can you imagine the king of kings saying he wants to be a part of your life? Who are you? I mean, Jesus is begging that let me be involved in your life. Can you imagine that? I know you need to do is just open your heart to him and accept him and let him come in. See, I've tasted, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen to anybody is to taste success and come down. And they now tell you, oh, this guy used to be great before. That will not be your story in the name of Jesus. You know, as children of God, the benefit we have is because we are aligned to God. As God lifts us up, we are able to meet the sacrifice of that level and sustain it and even go higher. I pray that will be your case in the name of Jesus. Do you believe? The second thing is you must understand that there is no limit in God. I think that is where the problem comes. A lot of us are limited by our understanding. A lot of us feel this is how God works. Don't put God in a box. Stop putting God in a box. How many of us have seen creative miracles before? I've been in a, in a worship place and a, 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 a crusade and a creative miracle happened. What was the miracle? Someone grew taller. <laughs> You'll be like, ah, what do you mean? I can never forget. I was very young. I went for a crusade and the man of God says, God is saying there's someone here that all you've been saying throughout this crusade conference is, I want to grow taller. I'm short. I'm not joking. That God is saying, he has given you, I can't remember the amount of inches. I just started screaming, guess how we knew the person has grown taller. Imagine my trousers becoming coming to this level. You are looking at it, it's not possible. <laughs> I mean, the guy's trousers, I mean, and people saw the guy, he looked like a madman. Don't put God in a box. You're like, God, oh, my, my own situation, it has never happened before. Look at the centurion. I mean, look at what happened in his case. Can't you be like the centurion? Can't you be the people to... Don't you want to have the first experience? Don't you want God to do things in your life that people will be like, oh, so God can do this? Believe! Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew 8, 5 to 13. Matthew chapter 8 from verse 5 to 13. Okay, and help me quickly. When Jesus returned to Capernaum... Please listen to this story, yeah. A Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord... My young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's you and I. At the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because, because you believed you have, it, it has, has happened. happened. 
and the young servant was healed that, that same, same hour. hour. That was the first remote miracle. The man says, Jesus, you do not need to come. Just say the word. Jesus, I know my stomach is not big, but I know I'm six months pregnant. Not me. <laughs> change your example. Sorry, I'll change it. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? Jesus, I know I don't have a job yet, but I'm going to get ready. I'm telling people, I'm resuming next week. You guys, any meeting you have from me, make it just this next two weeks. Because I'm starting work on the 1st of January. On the 2nd of January. And you know that if you don't start... <laughs> you know if you don't resume on the 2nd of January, people say you're a madman. But you're going boldly. See, I won't be available for next two weeks. Because I'm starting a new job. That is faith. I mean... You know, I shared the testimony about the lady that God spoke a word through my mom for the lady that she was going to have a child in nine months. So there was a month the lady missed that period. She went to my mom and my mom said, oh, God has already done it. Glory be to Jesus. The next month she saw her period. She said, oh, she went back to my mom. My mom said, don't worry, your baby is there. The lady went to the doctor, to the hospital. They said they are not seeing any child. That nothing is happening. My mother said, your, your child, your baby is there in the womb. Third, fourth month, she saw her period. She went to the hospital. They said, we are seeing a little dot, but that's not a baby. You are menstruating, so you are there's nothing. She went back to my mom. My mom says, You are pregnant. God has said in nine months you have a child and you will have a child. The woman menstruated till eight months. On the ninth month, her stomach was just growing big, very little. It wasn't anything mega. It was just a little, it was just growing big a little. Nine months, the lady gave birth to a bouncing baby girl. Do you believe? I told my mom, Mom, for you to have that kind of faith. He says, when God speaks a word, he does it. You know, and I guess it's also relationship with God over time. You know, it's relationship with God because God gave her the gift of the word of knowledge. So she knows time. She's able to speak into her life and say, by this time, this will happen. If she says it, then that's what it is. God gave that other grace. I remember when I was, I shared testimony during her 60th birthday when I was going to close on my first house. And I told my mom, my mom called me and said, oh, I said, ah, mommy, pressure. I'm going to close. They want me to close with 20%. I don't have that kind of money. My mom said, don't worry. That you will begin to receive your, your phone. You, you, you'll be getting a lot. Pam, 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 pam. That's what she said on your phone. You will be getting, the money will, be, will come there. You'll get the money and you'll pay. My wife knows. I had to switch off my phone. I was receiving a series of messages. There was this night, two nights. Just the way she said it. And guess what? I closed. Do you believe God? A lot of times we run with like, oh, I'm in trouble. I've seen people abort their destinies for because of unbelief. And like, this is too big for God. Do you know who God is? See, there is no challenge that is before you that God cannot solve. Listen to me today. There is no challenge. Don't put your focus on the alternatives. I know they are there. A lot of us will look at men. Any situation you have that you've figured the way out, trust me, listen to me today, that's not the way out. With God, God's ways are far above our ways. If you can figure it out, then it's not a miracle. I mean, if God could make Gideon reduce his men to 300, to fight an army of over 100,000, just to show his glory. And God is saying, I am still the same God. I just need these guys to believe. 
that is God's word to us today. So I don't know what you need to believe God for, but I pray in the name of Jesus that at the end of this message today, you will start believing. The Bible says in the book of Mark chapter 11, verse 26, it says, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believe that what it says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. We are going to do another teaching on forgiveness. That's aside. But I want us to take note of the first part. Jesus is saying, when you come to God in prayer, believe. I mean, I can't emphasize enough the power of believing for believers. The reason why we struggle a lot of times, we pray and we don't receive answers. One of two things is either we don't believe or it is not in accordance with the will of God. How do you know the will of God? You need to study the character of God. How do you study the character of God? Read your Bible. Read the Word of God. Know what God says. There are some things that are clear that this cannot be God's will. If you are praying to God to kill your best friend, can that be God's will? God doesn't kill people, quote and unquote. Jesus came to save the lost, not the saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you are praying that God will kill your best friend, you just say that your best friend will keep prospering. Your best friend will keep looking better. You may even now become sick. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm serious. If you are praying to God to, have, to take your boss's job so that he can victimize your boss, is that God's will? If you are praying to God to bless you so that you can go rub it in the face of all the people that have said evil against you, And guess the funny thing? A lot of us in Ambu say, no, never. So in your mouth, you, with your mouth, you say, God, I'm just bless me so that I can change life. It's a lie. And God knows. Do you know why? God looks at the content of the heart. God doesn't list, does, he doesn't read your lips. He's not look, he knows that what is in your heart is different. So work on your heart. If you can master how to work on your heart and make your will like God's will. You, you know what it means to work on your heart? You think it, you will get rid of those stupid thoughts. They are there. Because normally human beings are stupid. Sorry to say. So stupid thoughts will be present. But guess what you need to do? Deal with it. The Bible says, God, you have to talk diligent for out of it comes the issues of life. So you think you have to, okay, so really, really don't deceive yourself. Why do you want that job? Ha! Huh? It's to oppress this person. God, I don't want to oppress this person again. Change my heart. Deal with it in your heart. Make your heart align to God's will. I'm telling you, Ah, God. If you master aligning your will to God's will, if you master it, you will be running at the speed. I mean, no more. You the way you will be going, you won't be. You won't have pending prayer points. Do you know what it means to call on God and God answers everything you say? Do you know why? Because your prayers are in accordance with God's will. So if your will is in accordance with God's will, all your prayers will be answered. So when I hear people say, oh, no, our prayers will be answered out. This one, I'm like, what are you saying? 
God said, go read Amplified Translation of this scripture. He said, if you ask for anything in accordance with the will of God, so as long as you can align your needs and your wants with God's will, they will be answered. So I guess the work for us, align your heart with God's will. God will help us in the name of Jesus. So I guess maybe for a lot of people, if I ask you today that why don't you believe? You say you have believed in the past and nothing happened. Am I right? Eh? Say the truth. Don't be over spiritual. You believed in the past. You had migraine. I say in the name of Jesus. I believe. And the migraine became more. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I remember Pastor Femi shared an experience one time. He said God did a miracle trip. He was really excited. He said people should bring their dead. He was really happy. So he said the first dead person he went to pray for, the person died faster. <laughs> and he almost lost his faith. He's like, God, he's like, I pray this person to die. <laughs> ah, God will help us. You know what? Ah, I beg you, just believe God. And you know the challenge a lot of us have is we take the place of God. We are self-conscious. So God is saying, you have this friend that is sick and God is saying, go and pray for this person. And guys, you think, when you are going to pray, the way God will say, God will say, <laughs> I mean, when you walk with God for some time, <laughs> you begin to fear God. And sometimes that God tells me, I remember one time, how many of you remember, two years or three years ago, we were dedicating a brand new car, the first brand new car in this church. And as I was praying for that car, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me clearly, that say that this year, this month, this month, there are going to be four extra brand new cars. Ah, that's the second I thought, who will buy <laughs> <laughs> from who to who I know they said I've been warning you when I give you something to say say it I said okay sir so I said God is saying in the next this month this, this month we are going to have four next week one person came the week after two people came the third week someone came in fact we had five so God is telling you go and pray for your friend and God is saying don't only pray you know I will now pray are you God you are proud let me tell you why you are proud. Because you don't have a situation where you pray for the person and the person will not be healed. Then they will look at you somehow. Is it your job? God is saying, go pray and tell the person that by this time in two hours, you will rise up and you'll be fine. And you say, God, leave the two-hour part. <laughs> you now pray, you now pray. You people, you know what I'm saying. You now pray a very wide, a very secular kind of prayer. God, you are the healer, if it is your will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You don't want to put God to shame. But are you God? Raise your hands up and say, Father, as you speak to me, so I will declare in the name of Jesus from today, Lord, as you speak your word, so I will do. It is no longer about me. It is about you, Jesus. I believe you. I believe you. I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. In the name of Jesus, we will receive the grace to believe. In Jesus' mighty name. Finally, Listen to this very carefully. Listen, listen. <laughs> a lot of us struggle with the measure of our faith. You're like, oh, I have very little faith. But listen to this very carefully. I don't forget. How much faith isn't really the issue. Whether you exercise it or not is the issue. The amount of your faith is not the issue. Even the little faith you have, try and exercise it. And see what God will do. The Bible says in the book of 
Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. It says, Upon hearing this, the apostles said to Jesus, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Jesus responded, If you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, it will be powerful enough to say to this large tree, My faith will pull you up by the root and throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. <sighs> Was Jesus speaking in parables here? Hmm? What was he saying? Was he saying it for what it is? Let's go to another translation, amplified translation. He says, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and in his power. And the Lord said, If you have confident, abiding faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, which has very strong roots, <laughs> the which has very strong roots, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea. And if the request was in agreement with the will of God, it would have obeyed you. Get yourself aligned to the will of God. Listen to me. A lot of times the will of God can be unpopular. A lot of times the will of God may not be your will. Then once you learn to align with the will of God, your prayers will be answered. I pray that God will strengthen our faith. God will give us the grace to believe. I pray that even as we get to those trying times, or those times when we need to kneel and pray to God, we will remember this message. You will remember me wearing this mask and telling you, believe. And you will believe. In the name of Jesus, believe. Tell someone, believe. Believe. Your life will not remain the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads and just begin to talk to God. Just begin to tell God, Father, I need the grace to believe. You know, we said at the beginning of this message that we are called believers for a reason. But you can't be a believer and live any way you want to live. For some people, you can't even be called a believer because you don't know God. You've never given your life to Christ. There is a process for becoming a believer simple process all you need to do is just signify and say you know what i want to give my life to jesus i want to be a child of god i want to become a believer that's it and all i'll do is just say a simple prayer with you and you become a believer and you begin to enjoy this support of heaven that we enjoy as children of god you begin to enjoy answered prayers like we do you know god is saying to you today i'm opening my hands to you come to me come to me for some people, you were once believers, you were children of God, but something happened along the line and you fell. The pressures of life came and you couldn't stand strong. But Jesus is saying to you today, I want you back. I have missed you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want us to go on this journey together. I don't want you to run on your own alone. Jesus is saying, bring the load and put it in the trunk. Don't carry it on your head any longer. I've given you the right. So I want to give you the opportunity today if you are here or you are joining us online and you want to use this opportunity to say, Lord, I want to be a part of you. I want to be a believer. I want to become a child of God. Where you are seated or wherever you are, maybe online, just raise up your hands. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to pray for you where you are sitting. If there's anybody that wants to use the opportunity today to rededicate their life to Christ or to dedicate their life to Christ, just raise up your hand and let me pray with you quickly. If there's anyone want to use this opportunity to just pray with you and I pray in the name of Jesus that the God of heaven will help you Lord I pray for your children Lord that you will touch them 
Lord, I pray that you release your power upon them. Your word says if anyone comes to you, you will in no wise cast away. Lord, as your children have come to you today, Lord, I pray that you will accept them. Turn their life around. Let them have a deeper walk with you, Lord. Draw them, Lord, and stand by them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will forgive the sins they may have committed in their words, in their thoughts, and in their deeds, Lord. Cause them, Lord, by the blood of Jesus and by that sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, Lord, to be transformed. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want the rest of us to just say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I want to give you the next one minute to talk to God about an issue in your life, something you want to talk to God about. Just tell him, Lord, I believe you can do this. Say it with your mouth. Say it in your mouth in the name of Jesus. As you confess it and as you say it, the power of the Most High God will come upon you. Is it your education? Is it your marriage? Is it your relationship? Is it your business? Is it your career? Just say, Lord, I believe you can help me. There is a grace, a grace that is being released right now to help us. I pray in the name of Jesus that even as you tell God that you believe, He will help your unbelief and it will begin to work in your life. Say, Lord, I believe. I believe that nothing is too difficult for you. Lord, I believe that those things that you have put in my heart, you will put in my hand. Lord, I believe that these dreams you've given to me are possible to accomplish them. Lord, I believe that my life can be better. Lord, I believe that my dreams can be achieved and you can even surpass more than my dreams. Lord, I believe that my life can be transformed. Lord, I believe that that I, that I need can be provided. Lord, I believe. Lord, we give you all the glory. As a church today, Lord, we say we believe. We believe in you, Lord Jesus. We know you are unlimited. We know you are the extraordinary strategist. We know you are the impossibility specialist. You know you are, we know you are the one that has the ability to do and undo. And you are not fresh, Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands. We ask for help, Lord. Help to constantly be aligned to you. Lord, align our will to your will. Thank you, everlasting Father. I pray, Lord, that every destiny that is meant to be realigned by reason of these words today will be realigned. Every destiny that is meant to be restored will be restored in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. You know, God, there's someone here that's joining us here online that you are saying, Lord, yes, I believe, but it's really tough for me to believe. It's about your child. And God is saying, don't worry. Why don't you put your arms in my hands and let me take charge of the situation. That which you are asking for regarding that child, God will do it. <laughs> in spite of your struggle to believe, God will do it. And when he does it, it will be clear that he is the one that could have done it. Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let's just put our hands together for Jesus and thank him for the grace to be his children.